Hello, my fellow Christian warriors. This is Mike Sabonic from the ChristianWarriorAcademy.com podcast. Our mission is to bring you real, proven self-defense and physical fitness, as well as biblical and positive information that glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. This series is the Mike Report, training Christians for battle. I believe Christians are not second-class citizens. Armed with our academy information, you won't be an easy target or a helpless victim. We help you train body, mind, and spirit. Warning, my thoughts, opinions, rankings, and observations are not politically correct and may offend some people. So, brothers and sisters, tune in and gather around for my next show to begin. Hello, listener. Welcome to my first mic report, if you will. Uh, this very first one I thought would be really good to kind of give you a chance to get to know me, myself, and how I relate to the Christian Warrior Academy. And, you know, as you get to know me, you'll learn I'm not one to talk about myself very much, but I try to let my my actions speak for, for themselves and, you know, what I do versus what I'm versus what I talk about. And uh, there's so many out there who like to do the talking, but uh, but those who want to know sort of the full story about who I am and how I relate to the Academy and Mark, uh, I thought I'd take you back and just do that a little bit today, if you don't mind. Well, if I take you way back, we would begin in the uh, the Milwaukee South Side, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Polish South Side. I was born to uh, European uh, parents, Polish on my dad's side, Norwegian on my mother's side. Um, so that's kind of where I had spent some of the years. And I kind of grew up, well, my parents had some tough times when I was younger, and there was a lot of sort of household tension and heated emotions, and they got divorced uh, back in, I believe it was around the 70s somewhere. And uh, that didn't, that, that was a real blow to my dad and the, and I guess I would say the family, um, because back then, you know, back in the, in the seventies, no one really thought about or focused on, Hey, how are those kids handling that? Or how's the kids mentality? Uh, like they do nowadays. Right. Uh, and that it led to, uh, you know, as soon as my parents were splitting up, it led to my, my siblings and I doing all the things they told us never to do. So we went through a quite a rebellious streak, if you will, um, sort of a, a rebel time. Uh, you know, I remember, for example, my dad, you know, raised us on BB guns and also, you know, taught us about what to do, what not to do, and what to shoot at, what not to never point it at things. You know, he, he did a really good job with that. And as soon as he left, uh, my brothers and I went over to the barn and we shot out all the barn windows uh, that he said never to shoot at. Uh, so there's an example of some of the some of the things we, we were doing, you know. Uh, so back then, you know, I was I grew up a very tiny, puny kid by size. I was always the shortest kid in the class. So you know, I guess if you talk about taking the, you know, the sort of the anger or the frustration or what happened through a divorce as a kid, about 10 years old, going through, not understanding all that. And then you couple that with, uh, I'm the shortest, smallest kid in the class getting picked on at, during school. And, and uh, when we moved schools around a lot, I was always the new kid who they just, I don't know, the little co- the little guy that, uh, you know, didn't have any real childhood friends, if you will, because we moved around a lot. In fact, they were trying to figure out why I wasn't growing. So I remember... They took me to Milwaukee Children's Hospital, and I spent a couple days in there, I guess. I don't remember. All I remember is being very alone. There was nobody really there. And I remember them drawing a lot of blood, so I felt very weak. I just remember laying around a lot. Uh, and uh, what they did is, and, so then it was over, um, my parents and I were waiting in this room, and this big, tall, look like a seven-foot tall doctor came in. He had, like, those big shoes, like size 15 or something. He walked in, and he said, no, there's nothing really wrong with him. He's just got a slow growth hormone. It's just slower. But if you want, we could put him on hormones. And my parents looked at him like, well, I don't want to be in like in that, you know, whatever. So thankful to them. They didn't 
put me on any sort of artificial growth things or whatever. Uh, so that's all. That's what I had. So there you have it. So I remember one day um, my parents were moving around a lot uh, after Milwaukee and the, the the breakup and such. We were in some little town. I think it was Mayville, Wisconsin. I think. And uh, we were late for Catholic school. We were raised, we were raised diehard, you know, Roman Catholics uh, on the Polish South Side. In fact, I remember my grandma Busha when we were in Milwaukee. She actually took us to a Polish mass, and uh, she still knew how to speak Polish. It was pretty cool. So I'm from the Polish Russian German descent uh, on that side. But anyway, so we show up at this first day of school, and we were late uh, at this new school, very first day. And as Catholics, we were going to church in the morning. So you lined up. So now all the kids today, you could harass them and say back in the day, uh, we used to line up, you know, go into a church service and then go to the rest of the school uh, for the rest of the day. So anyway, I showed up late. So this this nun grabbed me and she sort of shoved me in line with some of the other kids. And I think she did it based on my height, right? Well, finally, about halfway through the day, I raised my hand and I said, um, I'm not supposed to be in this class. I'm supposed to be in a higher grade. I don't know if it was one grade or two grades higher, but uh, that was sort of some of my experience starting off and... Again, the kids always chasing me around the, the playground. At the same time, my, my siblings and I were trying my parents' patience by doing all the things they told us never to do. But I was kind of, turns out I was like the people pleaser. I was always trying to, you know, uh, hold back my thoughts and angers and hide my feelings because I didn't want to get in trouble like my brothers and sisters were doing at the time. And since they were getting sort of the, the negative attention, I didn't want to get any. So it was better that I sort of stayed quiet through through most of that. <clears throat> and I knew it. there was an instinct in me that said I didn't want to, kind of go down the road they were going, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it, you know, at the time. But I, but I knew I was the kind who didn't like to rock the boat, you know. So anyway, my my dad had then moved uh, to this small family farm he he had in central Wisconsin. And that by then I was around eighth grade, I think. And so uh, my sister said, hey, come come hang out with me. Come live with me up there. So I left my mother, which we have, I have a great relationship with my mom. I loved, I love her and my stepdad. They were so good to me. Uh, they They were just always that even keel, you know, emotional side, and they they were always sort of a good, steady anchor uh, when when I needed them. So, uh, nothing you know negative about my my mom and stepdad. But so I moved up to my dad's, and he he kind of ran things like uh, like the we always joked like the military camp, right? Uh, my dad came up from um, the Coast Guard and police force, so you can imagine uh, when he was younger in Milwaukee, him and his buddies would all get together and they'd weightlift in their in their his buddy's garage, and they were always doing physical things. And he went into the Coast Guard. Funny enough, um, he didn't even know how to swim. So when he got there the first day, they shoved everyone in and said, get get swimming. Uh, and he didn't even know how. So that, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but not funny because then he said, one of his famous sayings was, you guys will never die by drowning. So for years and years, he drove us to the YMCA and we took swim lessons. And to this day, all of us are very thankful. We are very comfortable around water, thanks to, thanks to my dad. And then he went from there to the police force. And he got... Unfortunately, he got shot in the line of duty, uh, shotgun um, on his arm, right arm, and it really tore it up. So he was on disability from then on. So it was a really tough situation. So my dad was battling a lot of frustrations and I think some pseudo anger issues, which in doubt today, again, I love him, but it was a, it was a tough rub because he, he ran his place like a, like a military farm, you know, uh, which, was, which was good for me at the time. I was in eighth grade. By the way, I was around 80 pounds uh, at this point. So when you said, how tiny were you? Uh, about an 80-pound eighth grader. And so there you have it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I started getting so frustrated about being picked on and so, um, like, um, yeah, just frustrated, I guess it would be. And I just wanted to change that. And I and I talked to my dad about that. And my dad became a really big influence to me. He 
is the one that influenced me in physical fitness. He, he encouraged me to do sports and fitness and music and be well-rounded was, was his theme. And I, I still carry that to this day. I think that was awesome. And he wanted me, he, he was just showing me how I could, if I change my physique, people may look at you different. And that's where I started working out. We moved all of his old, I think they were called those, those black metal, like Joe Weider weights and an old bench into the milk, next to the milk house. So you have this barn, right? You have a milk house next to it where the milk goes in the bulk tank. And then you've got this extra room where the feed would sit. Well, we moved this, all these weights in there. So I would, you know, do some milking, do whatever, run over and do a do bench pressing or whatever I was doing and work out in the barn um, where the cats would hang around and everything. And it was really fun. So I started getting involved with that. And I had a, uh, workouts that he taught me to go through, and I really started involving myself in that. And I, that I went out to the only sport I could do at my size, a wrestling. Because, yeah, I tried football. I got creamed. Uh, you can imagine the 90-pound kid, when they hit me, I would just fly through the air. So I did try other sports, but I ended up with wrestling, and I loved it. It's the only spot you can go that size, size didn't matter. You got grouped by weight. So I loved it. I was a 90-pound freshman, by the way, when I wrestled. And I was fairly decent in high school. I, I really... That took over my life. I wanted to, the more I kept working out, the more I was doing better in wrestling. I was just average. I wasn't greater. I never went to state or anything like that. But the more I did, the more respect I got. The more people in school treated me differently. The more when other students would look at me or other athletes, they would kind of nod, you know, give me the the guy nod. And and I started loving that. So that's that's what I did is I took my whole self and dedicated it to, you know, getting bigger or, you know, die trying because... Um, I just wanted to change how I was so people would treat me different. So, so you know, I, that's what I did is I, I was trying to change myself physically so that the world would sort of leave me alone and or respect me. <laughs> so I used sports as a means to do that. And secondly, to keep me off the path that, that some of my siblings were going down there. Right now, they were, they were going through at that point some really tough, some alcohol and drug things in high school by then. And so I didn't want to take myself down that path I saw where, where that was leading and thank goodness I had a instinct in me which later I'll describe what that was but so anyway I was trying to overcome my my small size and get you know more positive attention than the negative attention so so that's kind of where that took me so you know I had so let's fast forward to college you know so so I get there my freshman year thinking oh yeah wrestling's my thing and I went out my freshman year and lost every single match every single match my freshman year of college. I mean, not a one did I win. In fact, I think I got pinned every single time. Yeah, so that that was a blow to me. That really set me back. In fact, I just remember being so disheartened and disillusioned and pissed off. So, you know, I I turned to the thing that I was kind of accustomed to, and that was my rebellious phase. And I turned to, you know, the fraternity parties. I was in a frat and I was a drummer. I, I, I was a drummer and I started a band there. So, of course, drummer in a rock band. So, you know, that... That whole look uh, of rebelliousness and, you know, girl chaser and all. So that, that's kind of where I was going. And so just to, to throw on another little side story, my dad always took us to outdoor movies, which I loved when we were kids. And he took us to these. He knew I loved fighting. I was a very feisty boy. <laughs> so um, and wrestling was a great outlet for that. But so he took me to movies like the original Billy Jack. I don't know if you remember that. If you remember that movie, you're you're about my age group. So we, Billy Jack. And then there was this one demonstration of some martial art guys at the front of the screen there before it all started one time. And that was a, I think that was Chuck Norris's Good Guys Wear Black. If you remember that one. And um, so that was those inspired me. I said oh, I'm going to do that someday. And so roundabout story, I'll tell you how this all came about. So when I got so disillusioned by wrestling, I decided to go look around town and see if I can get into a martial arts school. I was like, that's that's where I want to go. And that's where I met Mark. And I'll tell you 
And that's when everything changed. I mean, that's when I ran into someone who influenced me forever. And that's, again, why we're here. But let me fill you in on, you know, when I went, I was led to his school, like like Lord led for sure, because I would have never just found his place. It was it was like on the backside of a church, like down these stairs into this basement. And I would have never known where to go if the Lord didn't lead me there. So that that right there was a, was definitely a sign. But, you know, I walked in there thinking that, fitness and physical training was my was my key to this to this better sort of self-image of myself to, to get me my respect and to look more confident you know um but you know despite all that I always felt like it hit me that despite all that physical training I always felt like something was missing I don't I don't know if you've ever felt that but there was this space and I think they call it like a void inside my heart where I was always missing something and I, and I just didn't didn't know what it was, you know, at the time. And so then I met Mark and I walked on there that first day and there's this tall guy, six something, 200 something, really, you know, stacked and, and could move quick and was just uh, this tough, confident uh, guy who was in real fights and all this stuff, like, you know, like real life stuff. And then, and then on the same token, like this family man and a Christian and a, a I studied the Bible and everything, and it was very interesting. It was that it was an interesting balance combination that I I loved. I was like, that's what I wanted to be. That that's exactly what I wanted. So, you know, so basically, um, you know, I decided that that I would become sort of this dedicated student. This this is where I felt something. I didn't know what it all was yet, but on Wednesday nights after class, he would he would have these people come from all over and sit around these couches and chairs in his place, and he would have a Bible study after a workout. And so I, I started going to those. I was like, yeah, sure. I, I like to hear. I was raised Catholic. I, you know, we, we showed up every Sunday. We, we knew what, you know, we were the Roman Catholic. We, we never missed a Sunday, you know? And, and so, uh, but this was really different. He would read things from the Bible and people were very engaged and we were asking questions and it was just, it was all very just different, you know? Uh, so I spent my whole four years of college, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights, going to work out there, two hour workouts. Wednesday nights with Bible study, I wouldn't come home till 11 or something. And all my frat brothers were like, you can't do that. Your GPA is going to gonna tank. And sure enough, I was not the brightest bulb at the college, at the college work. Um, you know, I consider myself a hard worker versus a smart kid. So, um, but I was, I was feeling great as place. I spent four years there and then I didn't get enough. I, after college, I literally, I moved in with Mark and his family. So I literally got to share a bedroom right down in there with his son, Paul. And we just, we became friends. And I just like hung out there and, and I didn't even, I had like odd jobs. I didn't even take real jobs. So if you're trying to look at my, my past, you can go, this guy didn't really do much in his twenties. And it's absolutely true. I did part-time work just so I could hang out with Mark and learn from him. So I have a little saying I talk about, it's called seven years with the master. And that's something for a different time, different story. But um, I spent time just following him. I wanted to be just like him. I want to be like his students that walked around just so confident. I mean, his upper rankings were, they would smile. And then when they shook your hands, you're like, man, what a grip. Like you had this, this connection between uh, genuine soft hearts and yet tough physically. Like it was this incredible combination that I, I just wanted to be like, but it was, but it's so funny because I was going through this at this time, this super internal struggle, right? I got this. And again, maybe you've had this where these two voices are chatting with you in your head and and I think uh, Paul talks about it in the New Testament. But you have these these two parts of you always like conflicting. I have this party frat guy, do what I want. I'm in college. You know, no one's going to tell me how to do whatever. And then on the other time, I have this like Christian influence, this sort of tough love going on. And it, and, it, and sometimes that was very conflicting. I don't know if you've ever had this. You know, it's like the, the two things sitting on your shoulders, right? Which one are you going to listen to? 
and uh, and it, it really it, then it, after time it, I just discovered that I was really just solely focused so much on physique and physical building that I was missing the spiritual side of life, right? I was missing this biblical side that was helping me. So I literally was following Mark's plan. Mark's strategy was that he combined in a very unique way the physical trainings with Bible teachings and he had just phenomenal results about life transformations. And it that's what that's right there. When I hung around there and I got that combination of physical and spiritual, that's what really sort of changed me uh, forever, you know, and, and, you know, so that, that's kind of the, how, how I met and spent years with him. So to this day, 30 years later, we're still friends. Um, I still soak up all his workout stuff that he's always working on. Um, he's a, he's a hands-on kind of guy. He's not the talker. You won't ever see him talking on some TV news, newspaper, whatever. But Mark and I just chatted a few years ago and we said, I said, man, I wish, I wish others could hear the things you would say to us, you know, like when we sat around bonfires at night at his house or, you know, like just the good times that we could spend talking and rubbing shoulders with him and all those other, we figured there was, Mark said thousands of students passed by over the decades through his school. Now the school has been since closed. He's, he's no longer teaching, uh, but we wanted to figure out a way to bring all the things that we learned out to the world. And so we are going to have this online academy called Christian Warrior Academy. That's where you're probably picking up this, this podcast, this audio that just I encourage you to check it out. But anyway, today I'm still only five four, <laughs> so uh, I didn't really sprout a lot. Uh, but I'm 170 pounds. So think about this: that on the BMI chart, the body mass index chart, I'm obese. Now you you'll have to look me up later. I I wouldn't say I'm obese. You'll have to just see. That'll be a story for another time. But um, I'm not the little guy anymore. I I walk around. I don't know, just super confident every day. Um, I mean, more than my physical inputs, which by the way, I still work out six days a week for sure. I do something pretty much every day though uh, on the physical side. We'll talk about that more uh, in the programs, but I now lead a, what I'll call non-denominational Christian-based life, which is fulfilling. I don't feel there's that void or space anymore in my heart. You know, I don't feel like everything is complete. I don't know if you've ever, ever felt that, but you've ever felt like, you're being called that maybe there's something more out there. Maybe there's something you haven't been taught yet and you feel a little bit of aching or a little bit of space that's not filled. Well, maybe you'll find some of that here. I mean, and that's why I want to introduce you uh, to Mark Griesbach, the gentleman who became my mentor in life and changed me. It's sort of like, you know, we have your compass spinning around in different directions and somebody comes along and just helps you point it over there like a guide. Oh, yeah. Uh, now I know where I'm going and you feel... You feel very confident, at ease. You, you don't think about worry. Not only, I feel very safe, especially with all his fighting stuff he's taught me. So you, you'll you'll pick up some of that. But also, you too might be able to experience some of the things we got to, um, for, like all of his students did. You know, sort of a, a guidance by Mark, if you will. So anyway, that's it. I don't want to belabor my, my story. Again, I don't like talking about all of it. But yeah, I've had issues and struggles. And uh, through all that, I, I've always had this compass pointing in it. And Mark's the one who started that. And I just want you to hear it from me and uh, get a sense of what that is. So anyway, go ahead and check out ChristianWarriorAcademy.com. Uh, we do have now an online membership program going on where you'll be able to month by month get all the things he taught us. And we're going to set up a 30-day free checkout. So you just get in there, look for 30 days and figure it out for yourself. So anyway, that's all I got this time. Uh, we'll hit you again uh, another time and uh, take care everyone that's listening and God bless. And
And that's it for today, my friend. Another Mike Report series episode of the Christian Warriors Academy, where we train Christians for battle. My hope is that this has helped you in some way to gain the mindset of a warrior with the heart of God. If something today resonated with you, jump on over to our website and join our free 30-day membership at www.christianwarriorsacademy.com. Hey, can't wait to see you there. This is Mike Sabonic, and remember to train hard and pray often.